If you enjoy this show, please consider supporting us through the ACAST supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give. There's no regular commitment, and you just have to click on the link in the episode description to participate. This is Canadian Real Estate News for Sunday, July 19th, 2020. I am David Douglas. The show starts today with a few recent headlines on the topic of evictions across the country and how some landlords are being affected by their inability to evict tenants during the current pandemic. CBC posted an article on May 19, 2020 about a local Manitoba landlord who said he was owed thousands of dollars in unpaid rent and water bills, and yet the Manitoba Sheriff's Office would not enforce an eviction order during the pandemic. According to the landlord, Alan Stevens, as at the time of the article, the tenants owed him $3,600 in unpaid rent plus water bills. An eviction order was signed on March 23rd, but the next day, Premier Brian Pallister's government suspended almost all evictions in the province. Under the suspension, the Residential Tenancies Branch and the Residential Tenancies Commission have postponed all hearings except for issues involving tenants' health and safety and unlawful activity. According to the Manitoba Sheriff's Office, Sheriff Services is not enforcing writs involving non-payment of rent during this period, as they are not urgent matters. Not sure the landlord agrees about it not being urgent. CBC also posted an article on July 1st, 2020, in which the Saskatchewan Landlords Association estimated that Saskatchewan landlords had lost about $30 million to unpaid rent up to that date. In March, the Saskatchewan government suspended residential evictions due to the COVID-19 pandemic. According to Cameron Choquette, Executive Officer with the Saskatchewan Landlord Association, about two-thirds of the arrears in June, or around $4 million, were attributed to tenants who were deliberately not paying rent and taking advantage of the current eviction moratorium. According to a post by Gregory Fleetwood of MLT Aikens on June 23, 2020, the Manitoba government extended measures that were put in place to assist residential tenants during COVID-19. The extension is until September 30, 2020, and includes rent increases being temporarily frozen, late fees being prohibited, and notices of termination being prohibited unless the tenant causes an immediate safety concern. Global News reported on June 19, 2020, that BC had extended both its coronavirus rental benefit and its ban on evictions for unpaid rent until the end of August 2020. And finally, CBC reported on July 16, 2020, that the BC government had released a framework for how all unpaid rent on residential tenancies were to be dealt with once the ban on evictions for unpaid rent is lifted on September 1, 2020. According to the government's plan, tenants will have until July 2021 to pay back all outstanding rent while also maintaining their current rent payments. Also according to this plan, it will be up to the landlord to present the tenant with a plan for repayment at least 30 days prior to the payment being required. Coming up next, how to borrow money on a mortgage from someone's RRSP. For most people, when considering where to go to get a mortgage, typically they would be thinking about going to a bank or credit union, perhaps a mortgage broker, and potentially borrowing the money from a large financial institution. 
But one potential source of mortgage financing that you may not have considered or even been aware of is borrowing money on a mortgage from an individual that has money in an RSP and is willing to lend out that money on a real estate mortgage. What I'm talking about here is lending money on a real estate mortgage from a self-directed RRSP. Now, a person with enough funds in a self-directed RRSP plan can lend money either on a non-arms-length mortgage or on an arms-length mortgage. In this episode, though, I'm only going to talk about an arms-length mortgage. According to CRA's website, a debt obligation that is fully secured by a mortgage on real or immovable property situated in Canada is a qualified investment for a registered plan, provided the borrower is not a connected person under the plan. The debt obligation is considered to be fully secured if the value of the property pledged by the borrower to the lender in the event of default is sufficient to cover the full amount of the principal and interest under the loan. In other words, the property has to have enough value so that if the borrower doesn't pay and the lender has to foreclose and sell the property, that the amount the property will sell for will cover what's outstanding on the loan or mortgage. Also, according to CRA's website, the mortgage has to be administered by an approved lender under the National Housing Act. This means that if a person has enough funds in their RRSP to lend out on a real estate mortgage, in order to do that, they need to have their RRSP plan with a lender that's approved to administer an arm's-length mortgage, but also a lender that, that offers this service. Canadian Western Trust is one of several lenders that administers arm's-length mortgage mortgages. I have done some research, quite a bit of research, on several lenders that offer this product, and I like Canadian Western Trust's product as the information is relatively easy to access, and their product sheets provides a very good explanation of what they require and what they offer. So, if a person has an RRSP and wants to use Canadian Western Trust to administer an arm's-length mortgage, the first step would be to either have your RRSP plan with Canadian Western Trust or transfer your RRSP plan to them. According to Canadian Western Trust's product sheet for arm's-length mortgages, the mortgagee and the mortgagor must be at arm's length. A mortgagee is a lender, and a mortgagee, a mortgagor, rather, is a borrower. According to the Income Tax Act, Section 251, related persons are deemed not to deal with each other at arm's length. For the purpose of the Act, related persons are individuals connected by blood relationship, marriage, or common law partnership, or adoption. So, to deal at arm's length, the borrower and the lender cannot be connected in any of these ways. In other words, you can't borrow money on an arm's-length mortgage funded by an RSP plan from your mother or your brother. The Act also lists ways that people could be considered related through corporate entities and therefore not acting at arm's length, but in this podcast, I won't go into that. So here is how Canadian Western Trust's arm's-length mortgage product works. Canadian Western Trust allows arm's-length mortgages to be used for both purchases and refinances. The lender, the person with the RSP plan, can lend as a first mortgage, a second mortgage, or a third mortgage. This is important because let's say the borrower owns a property valued at $200,000. They have a first mortgage with a bank for maybe $130,000, but the borrower only wants to borrow an additional $30,000. In this case, the borrower could continue with the existing first mortgage 
and simply borrow $30,000 from the lender with the RRSP plan. Canadian Western Trust allows up to 90% loan-to-value on this product. This means that the lender, the guy with the RSP plan, can either lend a first mortgage up to 90% of the value of the property's value, or if the borrower currently has a mortgage on the property, let's say, let's say they have a mortgage for 75% of the value of the property, the lender with the RSP plan could lend on a second mortgage an additional 15% of the value of the property. So in this case, the combination of the first and second mortgage would be 90% of the property's value. In order to substantiate the value of the property, Canadian Western Trust requires either a current appraisal of the property prepared by a licensed AACI or CRA real estate appraiser, or they will accept a property tax assessment for the current year. With this product, the lender, again, the person with the RSP plan, determines the interest rate to be charged and the terms and conditions of the mortgage. However, the interest rate charged must be a minimum of 2% and a maximum of 30%. In today's mortgage market, it can be tough for some investors to find institutional lenders willing to provide financing. And finding an institutional, uh, finding an institutional lender that is prepared to lend up to 90% on an, on an investment property is pretty hard to do. So this product can be very useful to an investor looking for mortgage financing or perhaps for somebody with an RSP plan who is prepared to lend money out on a mortgage. In the next few episodes, I will share with you more information on arm's length and non-arm's length mortgages, but in the meantime, you can certainly email me if you have any specific questions. That's all for today. Thanks for listening. You can download or subscribe to the show at crenews.ca. And you can find us on Pocket Casts, Apple Podcasts, YouTube, iHeartRadio, Google Podcasts, and Stitcher. You can email your feedback and comments to crenews at outlook.com. I look forward to sharing more interesting news and topics with you next time. I'm David Douglas, and you've been listening to Canadian Real Estate News. Have a great day.